0: There are some things you say or perhaps the way you say it there are some things you do or the way you do them that can upset another person and vice versa we all have the potential to create an inconvenience for others and people have the potential to create the same for us so there is bound to be conflict happening in our world at one time or the other how do we minimize that conflict Or better still, prevent it from coming into a place where we feel strife, war, disaster, and pain. This is something that you and I can do, starting from ourselves, starting from the way we relate with each other, and also showing our children how to do the same. I am Dr. Dini. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Super Mom, your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And today I'm going to be talking about conflict. I know it's not a pretty word. It's not one of those words that we love to talk about. But you know what we do on this show? We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, the truths of motherhood, the truths of life, and what you and I can do to improve our well-being. So sit tight, grab your favorite drink. And let's talk about this very important topic that impacts us one way or the other. I was having a discussion with a group of people and we were talking about how world situations evolve. So suddenly everything's fine. And then we hear a sound of, oh, there is a disaster happening somewhere. There is a war going on in another location. And someone said, I don't know who starts these wars. Then another person replied in the group, but I know who feels the impact the most. Have you ever heard of this saying? When two elephants fight, it's the ground that suffers. Now, of course, wars have always been from very, very long ago. Our ancestors, they had some form of wars, the tribal wars, inter-country wars, world wars, and these things occur. But what happens in those wars is that there's a lot of devastation. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of displacement. All that stemmed from a disagreement or conflict. Now, I don't expect everyone to agree with me, and I don't expect everyone to agree with everybody else. However, in spite, of our differences, or even because of our differences, we can thrive together. We can grow together. We can learn together. After all, diversity is the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life, and we can use our differences to forge a better future. So why do we have so much conflict? Why do we have so much pain? Why do we have wars that are raging and causing problems? not for the people that are directly concerned, but for everybody else, like the children, or the elderly, or the mothers, the very vulnerable in society are the ones that are hit the most. Now you might say, yeah, it's true, but these things happen. How long are we gonna sit back and allow these things to happen? Sometimes violence is not the right choice or the remedy for a conflict. If I don't agree with you, we don't have to resort to very aggressive measures. And that's the reason why I love this quote by Mahatma Gandhi. He says, An eye for an eye will only make the world blind. You and I may not agree on a certain thing. That does not mean that because we don't agree, I have to hurt you. And then of course you say, oh, because you hurt me, I'll hurt you back. When is it going to stop? When is all that going to stop? There was a day I was watching a movie with my children and we love watching movies. And there was a particular one and we've actually found some a certain trend in certain movies. So there was a particular movie that we were watching and it was a lady who had a very rough upbringing. She kind of begged on the street for some part of the movie. She lived really rough. She had to be very streetwise to survive. And eventually someone saw her and kind of took pity on her, took her in to um, a kind of like a school. So in that school, there are children who are maybe homeless or people who have come from far and wide, um, refugees, and those people are brought up, given food, a shelter, and some training as well. And so in the process of being in that environment, they grew up to be perhaps disciples of that community. What usually tended to happen within that community is that they grew up and they um, were faithful within that community, but also kind of married within the community. They never really left. Some of them left, but they always came back to give back to where they have come from. This particular girl, she was not sure what happened to put her in that situation. But of course, she had flashbacks, she had memories, she had nightmares. And that was born out of the fact that her parents were murdered. and. She, her one intent was to find out who had done it. Why? Because she wanted to seek revenge. Okay. So she goes about six out who who did it. Now found out that the person who did it um, was the person she had um, had a close relationship with. Now, or who she thought did it. And so when she thought to herself, this person who I thought was the Best person in my life now is the person who killed my parents. She was in this form of inner conflict. Should she honor her parents and do the revenge by getting rid of that person? Or should she not? Now, she found out that the person who um, she thought had hurt her parents was not actually the person that did it. Um, He had lied that he was responsible for it, and she had misinterpreted that as he's the one that killed the parents. But this person, it was his mother that had um, arranged for her parents to be murdered. The long and short of this whole thing was she ended up hurting the person she was supposedly in a relationship with, because she wanted to seek revenge, but later found out that she was hurting herself. And that is something that conflict does. You may think that you might be hurting someone because you're trying to seek revenge. And that cycle just takes you down a rabbit hole where you eventually get hurt. And so how do we minimize conflict? There needs to be someone to step in. You don't both have to come to a table and discuss and agree. Yes, it's good if you can have a roundtable discussion, but you know there's some people that are just inherently um, immature or inherently uh, confrontational, or perhaps they're the kind of people that don't just like peace. They like to have some form of strife or an upper hand over somebody else. And nobody likes to be on the lower end of the receiving stick The people want to be at least independent or self-sufficient and not be answering to others. But in this world, we have people who need to answer to others. And so for that reason, if it's okay and if it's feasible for you to sit around the table and have a discussion, that's great. But if it's not, you can be the person to step up. Now, you might say, why should I be the person to step up? Because when conflict happens, it impacts you mentally, emotionally, physically. And sometimes it even goes spiritually, financially. How many of you have had maybe a disagreement with somebody um, in business, at work? Somebody, even a stranger, maybe somebody hit your car. Okay, you were driving along the road and somebody came and hit you from behind. Now we all know that if somebody has hit you from behind, the person at fault is usually the person who's hit you from behind. Now you say to the person, hey, you've hit my car. Please, can you settle the accounts? Um, Let me get details of your insurance company. You're trying to sort that out. And while you're doing that, the person says, no, I'm not gonna give you, it's your fault. And the person starts to argue with you. That's the big, that's the conflict. You're both, not, you're both not agreeing on the issue. There is a way people kind of sort that out and say, okay, you know what? I will report the matter. So they, take, they escalate it further. And guess what happens? It now becomes a situation whereby they have to say, go to court. They're spending time. They're spending money, spending resources. Even those people who love conflict and love that, they may feel like, oh, yes, I'm getting my way with it, but they're suffering as well. Now, you have to think of how you're going to respond when you are asked questions in court. You have to still play back the experience over and over again. And that's just a simple example of how conflict can go beyond what it's meant to be. When such situations occur, it is usually good to nip it in the bud. There are some people who kind of like making things that are just a little bit way beyond what they were and you at the point you start to wonder like what what happened how how did this matter that was so small become so big and when you it becomes so big unfortunately it gets to a point where if people were asked okay so why are we here today why are we having this um court case why are we having this um situation nobody or few people will be able to recall that one statement, that one phrase, that one deed that caused the problem because everything has been blown beyond proportion. So I'm just going to navigate a few things. And this is talking from an experience I had or rather several experiences I've had with relation to um, conflicts that have really, really helped. And the first is one of the... Um, Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It says, seek first to understand. How do you seek first to understand? You listen. And when you listen, you actively listen. What's the person saying? Why are they saying it? What does it mean? Sometimes you need to listen from a place of Compassion. And for you to be able to do this for others, sometimes it's great if you do it for yourself. You know how you have those ruminating thoughts of, this person did this to me, this person did this to me, I'm not happy? You have that. I do that quite a bit as well. But in the moment when you are feeling like that and having those thoughts going through your mind, guess what? Allow yourself to be heard. When you start to learn to allow the person, To be heard, whether it's you or it's another party, you start to win a place where you can have a dialogue. But if when you are saying something, you're giving a kind of no, it's not this, it's that, that opposition can cause a lot of conflict escalation to something that is way beyond. So, active listening so that you or the other person feels heard and understood is very important. When I also talk about active listening, sometimes writing down, and that's one thing I tend to do when I'm listening to someone, I'm trying to get an idea, especially if I have to repeat it back to the person, I try to write down what they've said or write down a paraphrase of what they have said. Why? Because sometimes when we hear certain things and we interpret it based on of course everything that's ever happened in our lives our our um background our experiences we could interpret it differently and um, how do you do that how i'm going to show you an example of how if someone says something you can have a different interpretation what and you'll be wondering how did that come to be try this experiment either at work or maybe even with your children. This is a great one that you can do with your children. So you might have maybe your children. If you've got quite a few children, that's great. Well, it's usually ideal for about between five to 10 people. Okay, so if you can get friends, family, everything, tell the first person to write something on a piece of paper and keep it out of sight. Now, that is a full sentence the person is going to say. And that person should whisper in the first person's ear, that sentence and that is a sentence that we passed across and by the time the last person has had it whispered in his or her ear that person is to come to whisper it into the ear of the person who started the activity and with that that last person when the person is whispering into the ear of the last of the first person the last person writes it down as well then the idea is to compare what was written in the beginning and what was written in the end and see if they match. Most of the time, there is some distortion, a change in the preposition, a change in the arrangement of the words, or sometimes an entirely different message. It's quite interesting. I think that's one thing. If you're looking for a family game, that's a game to have. (laughs) Okay, So active listening is key. Another very important factor that we can bring into managing conflict or preventing conflict from escalating and becoming big is empathy. You see, empathy is such a gift. Empathy doesn't mean that you are silly or you are a pushover. Empathy is a strength. As a matter of fact, it's a superpower. When somebody is talking, And telling you, this is what you've done, why this is how you've upset me, and they're going all the way. You've got two things you could potentially do, or rather, maybe many more. But the two very key things people can do is that they can look at it and say, oh, really? I don't think so, and have that attitude. Or they could say, oh, dear, I can't even imagine what you went through because they are trying to understand that person. And for you, To even carry out the active listening, which is the first step, you need to have some level of empathy. You need to be able to express that in the way you, in your silence, in the way you look, and also perhaps in some of your nonverbal or verbal means of communication. Now, that can come as maybe some, oh, I see. Oh, really? You know th- there is a difference between really and really there is the way things are said or perhaps how they come across, especially when the person that is talking with you is in a heightened emotional state, whether it's a heightened emotional angry state, heightened state of sadness, heightened state of fear, heightened state of um Apprehension or upset, when that person is in the heightened state, empathy is key, and that leads us nicely into the third: staying calm. You see, when people are upset and agitated and angry, and they are vibrating, and you know, sometimes even trying to get into the physical um, space, I think at that point you can. Go ahead and vibrate with them, but you have a choice to also stay calm. Staying calm helps to reduce the risk of escalation of tension. Staying calm also helps you to process what they are saying. Staying calm puts you in a position where you can use your more developed part of your brain, the problem-solving part of your brain, rather than staying in that primitive fight flight survival brain, that person who is emotionally volatile, angry or fearful or whatever it is that's making them upset, is in that state of survival. I had a situation whereby I was having a discussion and the person just went into that state and I just felt so sorry for them that, oh my goodness, I can't even believe what experience this person would have had to to get them to that state where they feel so threatened. You see, there is this saying, all lizards are crawling on their tummy. You do not know the one who has tummy ache. When I was reflecting in my mind and after after this encounter I had, I thought to myself, I do not know what this person has been through that has made this person behave in this way. But I can see clearly there is some form of traumatic Relieving that is happening. The person is reacting to this situation that's such a small situation in such an inappropriately exaggerated fashion. And because of that has gotten themselves to a state where they are emotionally volatile. Unfortunately, in that state, they may not be able to think clearly. Unfortunately, they may do or say things that they wish they never did. Your position of being calm is so important. Some people can calm down just by breathing. Some people can calm down by meditating. But of course, if the person is right in front of you, you probably will not be able to do the meditation. Some people have certain ways by which they soothe themselves and get themselves into a state where they feel that calm. I've talked about quite a few of some calming techniques in my best-selling book, Every Mom is a Super Mom. So you can have a look and just see which one suits you best. Because there are some times when you feel really upset, really angry, and you feel like you want to just burst. And that's the time to calm down. Sometimes you might need to walk away from that situation so that the tension is dissipated. These are certain things that, one can do okay now when eventually you get to a point where you are kind of okay maybe trying to address the matter you've done some active listening you're empathetic and you're staying calm in spite of everything remember that you don't have to compromise who you are you don't have to compromise your stand because you see When you decide to compromise your own stand and just give everything, I have found that many people that give everything, hoping that that will resolve the matter, it doesn't tend to resolve the matter. And they end up feeling more angry or regretful or frustrated. I've done it many times before where I thought, okay, This person is upset. There is some conflict going on. I do not want it to escalate. I will just succumb. What do they want? Okay, no problem. You can have it. And you give it to them. Unfortunately, they take that and add it to their repertoire of um, nastiness. (laughs) And it comes across again. And then you feel, whoa! I just did that thing because I wanted everything to calm down. And this person has just utilized it as a weapon. Against me. I don't feel happy about that. And then you start to beat yourself up. That's many, something that many of us as mothers do. So make sure that while you're trying to resolve that conflict, while you're trying to minimize the escalation, don't compromise to the point where you feel uncomfortable. Compromise is something that we do every now and again. I mean, I want to go to a Chinese restaurant. Another person wants to go to an Indian restaurant. At the point I say, okay, you know what? Okay. I'll go to the Indian restaurant. because, oh, I like this particular dish over there. Or someone says, oh, I I would like to go to um, the market. Another person says, I want to go to the library. And then we'll say, okay, you know what? Why don't we, we'll go to the library Pick up a book or two and then go to the market. So it's like a win-win for everyone. That's the idea. But when it gets to a point where your compromise is now making you so uncomfortable and you feel that problem where that is causing like, like something is being unfair, that is be a big, big no-no as much as possible. Because you don't want to resolve a conflict and you are in conflict. Because the worst form of conflict is the inner conflict. Outer conflict, yes, we see it. It has problems. But the inner conflict is what causes lots of mental health conditions. It's what contributes to chronic health conditions. And research has shown that when you are in that state of upset, of emotional disruption, you can affect the normal processes in your body that help with regulating of your body processes and when that happens you then have people developing hypertension diabetes even cancer growth can occur so that is the reason why your health and your well-being is so tied to your ability to manage effectively conflict that you face on a day-to-day basis the other thing one needs to look at is a win-win situation. Okay, what can we do? Where can we bring out that win? Where can we be at a situation whereby it's not you are going to suffer and I will enjoy or I will suffer while you enjoy? Still boils down from the last point that we raised as well, where you don't compromise to the point where you feel uncomfortable. So that win-win is so important. Sometimes it's a situation whereby some people can't see a clear win but when there's a situation whereby nobody loses, that is also a win in itself. It's in a situation whereby we're able to learn from where we are, what experience we've had and grow from it. And very importantly, with the final step, which is something that I would encourage everyone to start looking into, is making sure that whatever circumstances you've gone through, whatever you've been through, you try to learn from it. What are you learning? You're learning what you could do differently. Now you can't decide or dictate what another person does. It's out of your control. Remember that diagram. I think if you've read the book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they talk about your circle of influence and then your circle of concern. That's the one bigger circle around you. Now you don't have the ability to influence that circle of concern. So rather than worry about that, which is where that other person leaves. do what you can do. Your circle of influence. If someone does something to you, do you want to react or do you want to respond? That is a choice. That's your circle of influence. So what could you do differently rather than what could that person do differently? Okay. Other things can be, okay, going forward, knowing what I know now, what am I going to, um, put in place to prevent such an occurrence. And I know that sometimes that can be taken in a different way. For example, have you ever heard of this saying, once beating twice shy? Yes. Some people try something, they fall and they say, I'll never try again. Some people try something and they fall and say, I'll never do that again. <laughs> now, I, I I think at the point in my life, and I, really, I still struggle with that sometimes where something happens, I'm like, no, I ain't going there. Nah, no way. I'm not doing that again. And uh, really, I know in my heart that that's not the best choice. However, there are some modifications that I've tried to incorporate where rather than say, I would never, and that's one thing that. The word never sometimes makes you go, hmm, is it really never? Okay. I will choose not to do this. That's, that's a little less um, imposing. So there are certain times when rather than say I would never do that again, okay, you can sit, put a situation whereby you think, okay, this has happened. What are some contributing factors? What did I contribute to it? What, did I, what were the things I did that made it happen? Some of them are with you outside your control, and you couldn't do anything about them, but what could you have done differently? And at that point, you can say, okay, if this should happen, I can have one option, two options, or three options to tackle that situation. Okay, So this is not an all or nothing. It is not a no or never. It is a situation whereby you can have options. Okay, Life is not all black and white. It is a huge array of colors, and you can choose any color to paint the future you want, to address the issues in front of you, to reduce the conflict that you encounter. Because by virtue of the things and lessons you've learned from a conflict you've been in, or a conflict that you maybe were able to avert, or a conflict that you actually went through and you were totally battered, Those lessons learned help to shape your life. They prevent you from making mistakes. They prevent you from putting yourself in a position where you feel, oh my goodness, what is this that I've gotten myself into? Okay. So I hope this has served you. I hope you've been able to get one or two important things that you can use in your day-to-day life to just improve your well-being. because life is too short. Conflict is bound to happen. I mean, how many times have you bit your tongue and, you know, teeth and the tongue, they're both in the same mouth, but at a point, while the teeth and the tongue are in the same mouth, there are sometimes that it does bite the tongue and rather than the tongue say, you know what, I'm moving out <laughs> or the teeth say I'm moving out. They kind of coexist, but then you know that when you're chewing or maybe when you're doing your stuff, you try to put the tongue behind the teeth and not in between, but I get spits. So these are some things that we can do. So these are from lessons of experiences, which you might have gone through, or even somebody else might have gone through. We can actually learn and grow through. This is something that we, especially as mothers can do. Because yes, it's painful to make mistakes, but sometimes it's inevitable. But there are some times that even better where you don't have to make the mistakes, but you can learn from the mistakes of others. That's why you've got books, podcasts, people, mentors, coaches, who can help you and guide you. And another very important thing, you can share your own experiences with your children. I know this is something that many people kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable with, but sometimes when you make mistakes, You can share them with your children, of course, age appropriate, of course, and also a situation whereby you try to get a lesson from it so that they see that as a lesson. Because when you've made a mistake and you tell them, oh, well, this mistake was made, this is what I learned from it. Now, if you were to make that mistake, what would you do differently? And they can also get some um, lesson in critical reasoning how they would handle a situation, a hypothetical situation, which they might have fallen into. This is another very important tool that we can use in our parenting. This is another important tool that we can use in even parenting ourselves. So it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk about conflict. I know this is not a very, very pleasant topic, but it's something that we need to talk about because times come when families come together and there's a lot of conflict. It's end of the year, people come together and there's conflict. You get to work and there's conflict. You go to business and there's conflict. uh, You're put on the television, you're listening to the news, there's just conflict everywhere. It is such a devastating thing. It's a reality of life, but there are ways that we can minimize conflict, prevent conflict. Or even if we've been through it and it's really painful, we can learn from it to prevent any further deteriorations of our human relationship. I am Dr. Dene and I look forward to hearing from you your thoughts about this please leave a review download this episode listen to it again and please next time we will meet and hopefully you would have other people that you invite to listen with you until then please stay well